Kawhi alone inside. He's got the breakaway with the touch to the right. Go! Official podcast of your Minneapolis City Soccer Club, brought to you by Summit Brewing Company. Hey, what's up, Minneapolis and people of the world? This is the People's Pitch Podcast. I am your host, Nate Morales. I am joined, as always, by my shining star of a co-host, John Bisworm. (laughs) John, did you have to eat any human people this weekend, stranded in the snowstorm, as if you were a member of some... South American soccer team trapped in the Andes. I was wondering where you're going to go with that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) As usual, throw me off my game uh, with your intro. Uh, No, I did not eat any humans this past weekend. Um, I did. uh, I do. I do have some uh, some pretty rocking biceps from all the shoveling I did. Oh my god! Yes. Feel like feel like I'm doing the prison workout. (laughs) You are the chain gang. Just all the glory muscles. Yep, the glory muscles. Yeah, the winter workout think is... We is... think glory muscles means the same thing. <laughs> no, it's the, glo- it's the glory muscle. The oh. glory muscles are anything but legs, you know, like oh. the, the you know, like the, the Jersey Shore All the show-off muscles. stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you're that inverted triangle, uh, a, big ba- a big upper body on very tiny stick legs. Mm, nice. Well, John, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, the, the snowstorm kind of threw us off our game, but we were able to, to recover and, and pull together a pretty sweet show. It's got a little of everything. Of course, Mother Nature has exterminated more than just our content for a week. Uh, it's exterminated this Bug Eaters match. A familiar face has signed with Minneapolis City. And speaking of signings, our resident content generator, Bryn, has another <laughs> question for us to cover. Uh, we've got more from 55-1 this week, and no, nothing about FC Minneapolis. And there's probably going to be some other stuff we're going to get ranting on. Let's get this party started. I uh, I would not say that there's nothing about FC Minneapolis that's going to be covered today, but not what everyone expects, maybe. Very little. Yes. Yeah. So, shocking news, John, but three feet of snow in the last three weeks has had an effect on playing services all around the city. So... The city of Minneapolis has canceled all field reservations, and that means that Minneapolis City's friendly against the Bug Eaters at the parade ground this Saturday was done. Probably for the best, or we would have had to uh, snow blow that bitch clear, huh? Well, it's interesting that you mention that, because uh, for, for those connected to our segments affiliate, about five years ago, we uh, we have we have, used to have a preseason um, tournament called the SOB Cup, and uh, that was for the Stegman's old boys. So um, not sons of bitches, but you mean whatever you want. Um, <laughs> we, we we can definitely be sons of bitches sometimes. But so it's, it's usually the preseason tournament. It kicks off like a week or two, um, sometimes three weeks before the MASL and the MRSL seasons begin. And we usually would get like around six teams. Nice event. We had beer sponsors. Everyone's having a good time. Well. Like I said, five five or so years ago, maybe six years ago now, um, we got a similar snowstorm, and it hit us on a Thursday. So games being on Saturday night, 
you know, us being the smart guys we are, kind of threw out the old bulletin that everyone should bring a shovel and meet at McMurray as soon as they can get there. So a couple of us got there early, and if you think you can shovel a soccer field in 24 hours, even with manpower, like a full soccer team, you're fucking crazy. It We shoveled for about two hours, and we had cleared off ed, uh, end line to end line, um, and then maybe to one 18-yard box. <laughs> so That's all you got through. Yeah, so then we're like, okay, well, you know, why don't we pull out the snowblowers? So those of us who live close to McMurray ran home. You know, a couple guys hop in the car, help you lift the snowblower into the back. And we had three snowblowers going, and we were able to get 75% of the field complete before nice. it hit like 4 in the morning. So <laughs> – the next morning is supposed to be in the in the low 50s, much like it is supposed to be today, uh, today and tomorrow. And long story short, was um, there there was a car that had its lights like its its exterior lights off, but its interior lights on. That was kind of off in the distance the whole night we were there. Turns out, a police officer uh, <laughs> didn't necessarily do anything that night. But as we had just finished, because we told all the teams in the tournament, bring a shovel. So we can play this thing yeah. and, and everyone shows up two hours early before the first game, whether you're playing or not. And we started clearing it off two minutes before we're about ready to start. And teams are, are, are warming up the St. Paul parks and recs along with a, uh, a, a police officer come rolling down and threaten to throw us all in jail. If we continue to play, what? because Why? We, we, vi- we violated our rental agreement that said no removal of snow. Shut um, up. Then we were told that we ruined the turf, which is not great turf anyways, um, that we had ruined the turf by using, um, by, by clearing the snow off and uh, that they would potentially, we'd be potentially be facing legal action. So I went home like much, most of us did. I come back the next day or sorry, uh, a few hours later and just, I wanted to take some the, – the, the sun had come out and the snow started to melt. So I wanted to take some pictures of the turf to show that we didn't ruin anything. Yeah. And, what, and guess what they did? They re-rented our time. They, they didn't give us a refund and they re-rented our time to a lacrosse team. So all the time we were supposed to be there when, when – after we were getting kicked off, they double-booked it. Yeah, that quickly. They double-booked it and there was a lacrosse team on it within two hours. So we had a, a little bit of a ban from McMurray for a while as an organization. But now we're back. <laughs> You know, we, we served our time and uh, definitely something we didn't want to do to Parade Stadium. We, we definitely know what no. to do, but we just weren't allowed to do it. So <laughs> uh, so that stinks. But yeah, whatever. I mean, I think is what it is. Thankfully, the front office, you guys were working fast and furious to uh, reschedule this thing. And within what a day of the announcement, we are back on with the Bug Eaters June mm-hmm. 24th at uh, at Osseo High School Field, who apparently are just giving us the run of the place like whenever we want it. They're great to work with. I definitely have to say that. They are they have been awesome. Not to say that, you know, folks at Minneapolis South or Augsburg that we've played at in the past uh haven't been awesome, but these guys they, they like they want us to be there and they're they'll do anything they can to help us out. And we're actually to add on to what you said, we're gonna flip the return leg um with our U twenty threes are actually going down there on the nineteenth of next month. So one Sweet. month from today the U23s will be going to Nebraska to face the bug eaters. So it was supposed to be flip-flop where the at the end of the summer, the um, the 23s will be going to Nebraska. Um, instead, that's what we're, they're going to be coming here and vice versa. So 
we'll have our uh, our inaugural first match for the uh, for the U23s will be against the Bug Eaters uh, one month from today in Lincoln, Nebraska. That's exciting. How are we going to swing that? Just to go off on a little tangent, when a lot of these dudes are still in high school. Well, it's not going to be on a weekday, Nate. Oh yeah, weekend <laughs> trip, I guess. They'll have to yeah. be a long drive back for these guys, but well, it's not going to be it's not going to be there and back in the same day. There'll be yeah. there'll be an overnight stay, which it was going to be anyways. So I suppose um, we're currently in the process of working through what um, what guys from our roster can can go, and then um, we'll supplement that roster with some of the um, some of the the guys the, that fit within the under twenty three category from the um, that are in town from the MPSL roster. So. Um, you may also see us um, bring maybe one or two players that we have kind of had in as like training guys or trial guys that are looking to break in with oh, yeah. um, with our organization that have they've all been great guys to work with and they've been putting in good work helping us fill out training numbers until some of the college guys gets back. Um, you might see some of those guys getting a chance to um, to go down and dress and and play in that match too. So. So yeah, a little, little bit of breaking news there, uh, but we just finalized that literally yesterday. So um, now is the process of me working with uh, Matt and, uh, and Adam and uh, Matt's assistant, Ryan, to, um, to get a, a roster together of, of, uh, and then see who we can bring down or bring over. So the cancellation's a bummer, personally, because I was all ready to talk about the Bug Eaters players after they announced their roster this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, well, they did. I mean, they really—it's really just a list of names. Uh, I was looking at whatever the Lincoln, Nebraska, paper w- site was. Where these guys from? The Journal Star, the Lincoln Journal Star, who had all this info. And um, it looks like the Bug Eaters are drawing quite heavily from Hastings College. I guess their technical director is the head coach of the Hastings team, and so that is like ten players. From our own uh, ex-Crow or Crow, Nick Hines' alma mater, correct? Correct. And actually, fun fact about Nick is he actually may be eligible to play in that game in Nebraska because that day is graduation. Oh, sweet. So, so he'll be around. So so he'll be around. Um, I still have to connect with him to see if it's something he'd be interested in doing. But he'll be in town um, in Lincoln. So perhaps. <laughs> on gra- I don't um, know. On graduation day, maybe. Maybe he'll have time. I mean, you remember your college graduation, right? Like, really? Like, wouldn't you rather have been playing soccer? I, I guess. My parents would have been fucking pissed. <laughs> yeah, mine would have too. But, I mean, my dad would have got it. My mom would have been a little mad. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, they draw – I mean, that's a great – it's a great soccer school. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked about it in the past. So, um, you know, I would expect I, – I expected nothing less, even when we talked to Jonathan when he was on the pod, that, um, you know, I they were going to – potentially be leaning heavily on 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 that school but i mean there's other schools that they have too as well yeah so this group from hastings though is highlighted by some guy named uh daniel whitehall according mm-hmm. to the um journal star of lincoln uh, yes and, he's a good player yeah he's a three times great plains athletic conference off offensive player of the year and the 2016 naia national player of the player of the year um, in that year when Hastings won the national title, uh, this dude has also played for Chattanooga. So that's a pretty good signing for the bug eaters. This guy has to be their, uh, their linchpin, their star. He is basically, um, a, I believe a more, uh, a blonde haired version of Kyle Farrar. He's oh, a British wow. kid, British kid, good striker. Um, 
you know, I, I watched quite a few of their games once Nick joined up with us and, um, and got a chance to see him play in, in 2016. And he's legit. He, he, he can find the back of the net. So they, they definitely have a good, have a good one there, but I don't understand no slight to the bug eaters at all, but why, unless something, you know, he, unless Chattanooga chose not to bring him back, that he wouldn't have stayed with a team like Chattanooga, who has more of a higher profile, but yeah. you know, maybe he, maybe he's got deeper roots in in Nebraska and wanted to come home, which we we know our guides do. So maybe he's um, got a lady friend. Maybe or you a know? man friend. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, a significant other. Yeah, a significant other. Mm-hmm. We'll leave it at that. Yeah, mm-hmm. but anyways, yeah. So yeah, he's a, he's a great signing for them, and and definitely will bag some goals. So twenty other players on that roster are hailing from. NAIA and D1 schools like Concordia, Nebraska, Wesleyan, um, Iowa, Western Community College. Not a lot of uh, big names there. Of course, the the Nebraska, the UNL club team, which is probably similar to the U of M club team. They uh, also have a guy from, or two guys from Creighton, actually. I saw that. Also on the a roster. couple guys yep. from Creighton. We'd asked him about that if they're pulling from Creighton, and he was a little coy. And it's uh, just a couple dudes, so not not greatly, but Creighton's a good uh, good program. So yeah, these guys have might solid, have heard of it before. <laughs> yeah, these guys have solid club experiences experience throughout that region, and um, and some of them have even played in Iceland. So there's there could be some talent there. Um, we're gonna get a much more polished team in June. The U23s will see a much more polished team next month. Um, than we would have had this weekend. But it sounds like these guys would have been competing no matter what. Um, what is it you always say about the NAIA quality, John? Uh, what do you, I don't know what you mean. I don't know. I was. <laughs> I, I remember a couple times we were talking about it, and I'm like, really? Who? Why are we pulling guys from these schools? Or who really cares about these NAIA tiny schools? And I think you, uh, you have asserted in the past that they're uh, just as competitive as some of the D3 and and D1 schools we pull from? Well, it's got a different set of rules. There's still, like, guidelines. You know, they, they have to have a governing body like the NCAA. But um, the rules are just a little bit different. Um, but they, you know, the NAI schools, you find more foreign-based players who maybe had a little more difficult time getting into a college because yeah. of, you know, whether it's... Not to say all foreign people are bad at school. I don't want anyone to think that. Um, a lot of... <laughs> a lot of uh, <laughs> You know, native-born Americans aren't good at call- paint the world with a broad brush stroke yeah, and say no, I'm not, everyone I'm not, out there is dumb. I'm not doing that, but um, you know the different. Um, I mean, you know, from going to school, like credits transferring and things along those lines. Yeah, you know, there's when, visas when you, to worry about and all that shit. Yeah, so that's the reason why you see a lot more foreign-based players playing in in NAI or even in like Division Three. With you see up in Duluth with Scholastica. So, um, so yeah, I mean, they, they just draw a different type of player, but they're, they're usually fantastic players. So, you know, some of the top NAI schools would definitely compete against the best programs in division one and division two and division three in, in, in NCAA. So it's not like it's a step down. Um, it's just a different, a different route. I, so, yeah, I mean, I get it. I think, uh, one of the things and we'll talk about it in a second is, is that, I, I, I kind of want to wonder why these British guys and why they're pulling some of these international players or how they're pulling some of these international players to the smaller schools and why some of maybe our more big name universities aren't, but we'll see. Sure. So anyways, to kind of to, to wrap that up and move on, 
Um, with all that's happened this week, we cannot lose sight of the fact that we introduced another member of the murder, Nate. Boop, boop. Um, and that is the official signing of a familiar name and face around our club, Mr. Nick Hutton. Yes. Uh, this guy is so fast, John. Uh, he's <laughs> so he's he's like a deer. He's a... <laughs> he, he, he does run like a deer. It's almost like he's running on top of grass it's and am- not on the ground. Yeah, I know. It's, it's amazing. The, the wind resistance this guy eliminates just by moving through the world i you know nick i had the pleasure of witnessing his game winning goal uh when we were in in aurora at the borealis i think before the game i even predicted nick hutton is scoring to get today this guy is lean he is mean he is fast as hell and he is hungry for the ball and i think he's always always looking for it didn't and he yeah. also scored the uh, the game tying goal at the opening friendly last year against U of M. Is that true? He did. He uh, did. It's it's on the internet, so yeah. it, it must have happened. <laughs> um, but, oh, it happened. But fun, but fun, fun fact: Hut is actually a twin. His um his brother is in the service, and I believe he is in special forces of some sort. Hmm. But I do believe if we if we told you the details, we would likely have to kill you. And although we like most of you, we'll just kind of leave it at that. <laughs> Um, but Nick, it was a standout player for Apple Valley growing up. Um, and then four went soccer as a focus in college and accepted a, a full track scholarship for the U of M. Um, so the funny thing about Nick, uh, connected to track is, so we have our winter combine, right. Where we kind of broaden our net with, we bring in the college players. And, yeah. and this year we had, I think, um, like 50 different players that came in, um, on top of the players that we already had on the roster identified. So we had a, a large group of guys. So there, you had the mix of like people gravitate towards the guy they went to school with. So they like kind of know a guy here and there or a guy they played club with, or, you know, some of the the OG guys from city and Stegmans are, you know, kind of kicking a ball around before training starts. And so I was just kind of standing around talking to a few guys and, and this, um, this, this guy who um, uh, didn't end up latching on with us um, was trying to, you know, do the right thing and like meet people. So he, he like wanders over to, to Nick and Nick's like, Hey man, you know, how you doing? And he's like, Oh, good. Good. And they're talking through stuff. And the kid goes, so uh, what school do you play for? And he goes, Oh, I, I don't, I'm, I'm graduated. And he's like, Oh, well, where, where did you play? And, uh, and he's like, I, I didn't play college soccer. And he's like, really? He goes, yeah, I, uh, I ran track. And then they immediately like take off for a lap and he just takes off. <laughs> just, <laughs> just burns past his kid. And the look on the kid's face is like, what the hell did I get into? It, it was like the Willie Mays Hayes of, uh, of yes. major league where he's like, you know, this is track star who no one knows anything about. And this kid's like, what the hell am I doing here? Um, needless to say, then later on, Nick got the ball and ran just directly past this kid uh, like he was a turnstile. So, um, so uh, there you that go. That kid didn't make the team. No, didn't didn't make the team. But anyways, more about Nick. Before joining City full-time um, in the Open Cup cycle this last year, he was uh, what you might call a men's league beast, leading Stegman 77 for two seasons in goal scoring um, back-to-back and then being named club golden boot winner along with MASL Division One Stegman of the Year um, for his efforts with 77s. Um, he isn't uh, it isn't a surprise, as, as we've noted, that um, I, I, when I tell you that he has pace, um, but he's mostly deployed on a wing or up top um, and has a terrier-like work ethic on both sides of the ball. So, like, yes. he's always going to fight you for it. And he can he, and he has, the you know, some trickery um, in the 1v1 setting, not just speed, um, and he can finish with both feet and has that never-quit attitude um, and will always fight you, which I think is something that will do 
him very well in our division. Um, you already mentioned that he scored the game winner um, in this year's Open Cup against Aurora Borealis. And actually, we found out later, it was on the same day that he found out he was going to be a dad for the first time. That's as amazing. He his, as he and his wife uh, were, were uh, set to expect their first little girl this summer. He, so I, We knew he, it was his first goal as a married man. Yeah, we didn't he know it was joke. even that more significant. Right, exactly. So, uh, so happy for those guys, uh, for him and his wife, and uh, we'll have another uh, mini member of the murder uh, this summer um, as uh, as they're expecting their first daughter. So, but anyway, super happy to have him. He's a great guy, and uh, and definitely a guy that uh, I think fits in well uh, with the style of play in the division. Yeah, I I really envision Nick being super effective coming in off the bench. Later in the game, being able to just destroy with his speed when legs are getting a little tired, when feet are getting a little heavy. I think, like you said, real terrier-like work ethic, just dogged on the ball, very uh, very attack-minded. It's going to be cool to watch. He's a cool, cool-to-watch player. A cool-to-watch player. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm drinking beer. It's almost like you write for a living. <laughs> I told you, I'm burned out. <laughs> <laughs> you need a vacation from work, man. I need, I need one. I need, I need something. <laughs> it's def- yeah, it's definitely not Summit or Old Granddad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we've got another submission in the mailbag, John. We need like a, a soundbite that we play here. I know What was yeah. the uh, the Letterman one? Letters. We I, I think letters. it's more of like a like a you've got mail, we like a AOL stacks of letters. Yeah, we get a single email a week. Uh, Bryn, writing us this week, our own, our very own uh, content manager. I like, I like how you describe that. That's good. Um, he's got a qu- couple questions that are not only topical, speaking of the signing of of Hut, but also with his mess with FC Minneapolis. So Bryn asks. First of all, he says absolute insanity when it comes to FC Minneapolis. It's funny because the last. In the last email, he was almost praising FC Minneapolis, and now that's turned on its ass. He says, I had some idea, but nowhere near to understanding the full picture. Them claiming to be professional when they clearly aren't did get me thinking, though. He is probably overthinking it. But how is it possible if someone saw on Twitter that Minneapolis City SC signed a player? Or is it possible that if they see Minneapolis City signed a player they might potentially think the club is professional. So when we are when we as an amateur team announce a player signing, what does that mean exactly? That's what he wants to know. Is it largely symbolic, uh, just a way to say that they're on the roster, or does the player actually sign something with their hand, like a memorandum of understanding or an agreement stating that they're for the summer they'll only play with Minneapolis City or an affiliate, yada, yada. I think these are all good questions. And I, I really, um, I really, what is this? There is a formal process. We do say we sign guys, and I do know they have a commitment to the club. But why don't you break it down for us a little more? Sure. So our formal process of signing a player is actually rather simple. Um, in year one, we wanted to draw up an agreement that was both um, compliant by NCAA and NAIA standards for our college players, but also one that outlines our expectations of kind of what we what it means to be part of the club both on and off the field. So players will can you, you can ask any of our players um, 
current and former, um, that this by no means is a signed contract. It's legally binding or putting them in a status that would get anyone in jeopardy of losing eligibility in school. First and foremost, mm-hmm. um, we outline as, as noted what it means to be part of a club. So, you know, like conducting yourself professionally, turning up on time, you know, we reserve the right to, you know, discipline players if they don't, you know, if they don't follow the, the rules that we set out for them. Um, and, and as you know, we're, we're very active in the community. So we make, we, we also have in our agreement that they participate in a minimum of three community service events. Um, you know, things like pride fest, YMCA soccer programs, big brothers, big sisters to kind of name a few. Um, these are the types of events that our players are expected to be at and represent themselves as an ambassador of the club. Um, and so far it's been, been great. We've heard nothing but good things. Um, even like, you know, our small clinics we do. So outside of that, um, it is, um, in fact that they, they, if they do choose to move, um, on the agreement is voided. Um, and both parties kind of high five, shake hands and go on their separate ways. And that could be anything, down to a club decision or an injury or um, failure to live up to the commitment that we uh, commitment level that we have there, or you know guys like Miles um, recently and then Brandon Vi from last year, the opportunity to further their soccer career, which we've talked about at length, is something that we advocate for our players. So it is really when we say we we were signing these players, it really is we're signing them. They're they're making a commitment to the team. But also, I'm sure there's paperwork to be to be done, and right, like the league sign up to play for the league, right? Like that stuff is part of it too. But yeah. like you know, just like you would with any formal partnership, you have to have something documented, yeah. right? And and it just is better for both sides where there's a paper trail, so that if you do have to move on or um, or you you know there's there's a, a an impasse of a decision making. Um, a decision that needs to be made. So, for example, if we say you have to make it to two trainings a week and we have to make a decision on who's going to make an 18-man roster for a game and we have a fantastic player who's come once a week or missed two trainings that week um, and then we have a guy who is is really working hard and pushing for it and is, is there all the time, the commitment that they agreed on is a good way for us to kind of um, uses our North star. So yeah. it's, it's a level setting for everyone. So it's just better to have yeah, that fair. because then you don't have like the wild West of like, well, uh, we're playing favorites cause we're going to start these guys because they're just really good at soccer. We're now beyond that, that, that would kind of happen in the infancy of a club like ours where you have to lean on that. Um, or at least, you know, like not lean on that, but like, go for just throwing the best 11 out there because we have such of a wealth of talent. And now having the 23s, we have the ability to hold our NPSL players even more accountable for what they agreed on. And the U23s and the NPSL players, they all fill out the exact same paperwork. And that is also so that if we were to have any player movement, like Mm -hmm. I just mentioned, that we could easily connect in through the league with the information we've gathered from the players. And then that's more of a seamless transition rather than having to try to hunt down, you know, a guy's passport photo and all of his information. So that's, that's kind of why we have this formal signing process. It's like I said, it's not a formal contract. There's no, there's nothing exchanged besides just agreement to commit to what we've asked them to commit to. So you're saying for a club like ours, this signing process allows us to hold our players accountable, hold them to a higher standard while um, other clubs might 
make exceptions to what they expect out of their players if maybe they're playing a crosstown rival that <laughs> I, I see where you're, where you're getting at this um yes that's that's that has definitely come up in uh in recent history where um some opponents of ours have fielded different sides because they wanted to just beat us and that's not something that we would we actually um that's not what we emphasize so that's part of another reason why we have this kind of formal process we're the good guys yeah yep so the club that, that loves to give back. <laughs> <laughs> that leads into this final part of the question. In addition, Bryn wrote uh, last week on our most recent pod, you said that you, John, said that Minneapolis City signed off on the transfer of Miles Stockman-Willis to Vrigstad IF. So, like you said, uh, since players don't really sign a contract and, you know, if, if one or the other decides to just kind of move on, the agreement is voided, what did that transfer entail? <laughs> You know, like I said before, it's a pretty simple process, honestly. Since we have registered players with our our league officially, and um, if they're chosen to participate in our team that's that is fielded for the U.S. Open Cup, um, they're actually registered with the USSF under our banner. So, in order for them to move to a different team, we must agree to the termination of that that um, that that player being part of our our organization, and then they can move to their new home. Okay. So. Uh, so in the case of Miles, it was as pretty simple as as yes, you can move type conversation to create the necessary paper trail, um, and then he was off to his next step in in his soccer career without question. And as you know, we talked about it multiple times. We take rules very seriously. Um, if we don't follow, you know, the proper steps, for instance, in like Miles' case, there could be serious ramifications for his future if if he is affiliated with two official footballing associations uh, and that could hinder him from like a work permit permit standpoint in a foreign country um, or in some cases void the payment structure for his club that he signed for. So we have to like make sure that we're really following that and not, it's not necessarily because we, you know, we're trying to be jerks about things, but we really have to do what's best by, by the player and make sure that we're going through all the necessary steps so that we don't run into any issues because how, how awful would it be if like we didn't do that and like, in you know in like a month miles has to come back from sweden because it all fell apart because we just didn't have a conversation officially releasing him to his new club oh yeah so so i take it very serious in my role that we're making sure that we're the best interest of the player is is definitely there and and we're going through the right steps well there you have it folks a little peek under the hood a little peek into the front office goings-on of minneapolis city and what it's like to run a uh, semi-professional sporting club uh, professionally amateur. So this week, Nate, 55-1 came out with another bombshell. Their NPSL North Players to Watch feature. So let's chat about that and, and who they chose from City to keep an eye on. So the first uh, the first guy, you might call him the cover boy um, <laughs> of the story. <laughs> he was. Um, uh, he was. He literally. I love it when Fifty Five One uses um, imagery to cover the North Conference because ninety nine point nine percent of it came from our games. Because it's all we, Dan we, Mick photography. Pretty much, yeah. Um, so, uh, like I said, Goose was the was the cover boy of the story, being featured on the uh, the main uh, masthead there. Then, and they said he's a phenomenal dribbler with a uh, and a willing shooter, and that he uh, he's young, having just finished his sophomore year at college, and surely is one to top the um, emerging talents in the conference. Um, yes, that is his strengths. And, um, and last last year, um, 
definitely was um, our, our joint top scorer and uh, and always an offensive threat. Um, but off, also often he was criticized by um, you know some of the the pundits at our level of soccer um, with his um, potential liability um, you know on on the defensive end. Um, and um, but that is definitely overcast by what he does with the ball. So, um, you know, he is definitely for sure one to watch from our team that is uh, a returner from last year. Yeah, he definitely has an attacking mindset. And I remember even at the beginning of the season, you and I were up in the box last year and we're like, God damn, you can tell Goose has been coached into oblivion by these Indiana guys like he is living the whatever the indiana system is that he's been told he's living it and he's not coming back to help he's uh he's 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 staying in his spot he's picking his runs and that's what he feels his job is um Mm -hmm. so that was that was something that was able to he was able to adapt to as the season went on and i think this this season he'll start you know at a better level but another thing that um that was worrisome with me that they pointed out on 55-1 is anytime he spent a little too long on the ball, he found himself hacked and knocked down just as often as he found space. So I have to think that some of the new signings will relieve that pressure on him and maybe give the Birdman some more time to fly. Yes, I, I, I completely agree with you. I think that, you know, I mean, he's ni- he's 19 years old. So what, uh, we a, a lot of any criticism we might have on the system he was playing at Indiana or his, his propensity to focus more on the offensive side of the ball than the defensive side. He's there just doing what he's time. told. He's doing what he's told and yep. he's going to, he's going to grow either out of that or, or learn from it. Mm-hmm. And I think what, what, what you did see that that wasn't mentioned is when he did lose the ball and it wasn't due to being fouled, he fought to win it back. It was more from a defensive side of the, of the, of the, the, the ball where, he'd be like bombing forward on a 40 yard run and not really having the full tank after to come back and track back another 40 yards. So I don't want it to sound like the dude's a defensive liability. He'll put the work in, but I think my challenge to him this season would be pick and choose those times when, when you go and when you don't go so that you're fresher to be able to be more of a a complete player. And again, he's only 19 years old, so it's going to come. And, uh, we're, I mean, I'm, I thought we were going to lose him to, uh, you know, to the PDL this year, but I'm, I'm super happy that he's back because he adds something that we don't have a lot of. And, um, you know, like you said, some of the, the, the other signings will be, um, you know, they'll be able to help us, but, um, you know, hats off to uh to what he can do with the ball but our next um our next signing that they mentioned was um the the addition of shea bottom from saint thomas what maybe one of those for... other crows that might be able to help goose find some space right exactly with with what he does and i think you know i don't think we need to go too far into into shea if if listeners uh to this show want more information on him just cycle back a couple weeks and uh when we made his official announcement um and you can get the the majority of of what to expect from shea but um it's easy for fans and neutral observers to get excited because he was uh you know a multiple time all-american and last year was the division three player of the year and you know had you know mls and and usl trials that were were successful um but did choose to come back for reasons of starting uh, a life that didn't focus around soccer so um so you know yes he if you're if you're if you're looking at the list of of uh 
of that and we'll get into you know some of the other teams and the players they brought on a lot of familiar names and, and not a lot of new players yeah um, but if you're solely focusing on new people to the conference to watch absolutely he is one one to pay attention to yeah I mean like you said how can you not get excited for him how can you not be anticipating his uh, his debut, his NPSL debut. I guess time will tell. Like we've said, could go could go either way, but all signs are pointing to Shea being the same type of dominant force in the league that he was in Division Three. Now, if you want to know who Coach Pribzy is excited for, he is looking to. Uh, he's excited about the Brown brothers. He's feeling that they are both re-energized, and if you follow either of them on Instagram you'll know that they've had a, an off-season-long competition where they're challenging each other every day to to be better, to work out, to beat each other, uh, you know, in, in reps or or sprints or whatever, which is pretty exciting. He's he's looking to the Maxes, both Max Kent and Max Stewart. He's looking to Hutt, Juan Luis, and McGarity. Now, one thing that uh, sticks out to me of all these guys that he has spotlit is that there are a lot of attacking players, John? Seems like yes. Seems like the Pribbler is looking for looking for a lot of his attackers this year. Yes. Well, it's not a shocker if you followed us last year that we had probably the stingiest defense, uh, and if you take a couple of flute goals out of it, um, the stingiest defense in the league. So we didn't really need to to go outside and bring in more defenders. I mean, if you think about who we brought in from a defensive standpoint. Um, Really, the focal point there is Miles Norville, who joined us through the Open Cup process, who's a fantastic player. And then the retention of being able to bring Trey back, um, you know, the rest of the back line is relatively the same and because we yep. don't necessarily need any more players. I mean, you have Nick Hines, Abdallah Ba, Charlie, Ao, Max Kent, you know, Trey. And it, we we didn't need to increase there. What we needed to increase was – uh, how we create chances and how we finish those chances. So it's definitely, let's get some people who can who can do that. And that's what we did. And that's why Adam is excited for that because now he has a whole another set of exotic cars in the garage that he can go to when he needs a goal. <laughs> so who else did 55-1 outline around the league as players to watch? I can probably guess <laughs> yeah, his, right. his Duluth ch- choice. Yeah, so I'll I'll fly through these pretty quick. Um, like I said before, a lot of a lot of names we've heard before, yeah. and uh, and a, a couple new ones. So I think they went in order of uh, uh, how they think the league will will. Uh, they definitely didn't go in alphabetical order. No. Um, so we'll, we'll see here. But they started off with Duluth, and the first one was Kyle Farrar, uh, who they're dubbing the lower division Drogba, which I think is actually a very a very good <laughs> uh, a very good analogy. Um, you know, and obviously Drogba had a fantastic soccer career. So uh, I mean, if I were Kyle, I, w- I would definitely take that with the tip of the cap. But we know what he can do. He scores goals. He's been known to be an occasional dick on the field. We saw him get sent off a couple times last season. <laughs> So it's but what he does well is that back to the goal. He he holds the play up. He he's he's willing to get rid of the ball. But when he has an opportunity, he fucking finishes it. And he's always dangerous whenever he touches the ball, whether it's going to goal or it's passing. So he's he's one that you definitely have to look at um, from a Duluth standpoint. The other that they focus on was Ryan Trier. Um, as noted uh, in the article, uh, Duluth's been kind of scouring the country looking for talent. 
um, and they managed to find, um, no surprises here, another big, powerful Englishman. Um, so Trier comes from Northwest College in Wyoming by way of Liverpool, and he joins the club with an eye uh, on using the NPSL as a launching pad for maybe professional soccer dreams. Yeah. So good to hear that other clubs are, are being used as springboards in our division. Um, you kind of focus on ours because we've had players move on, but it's good to hear that other clubs, even if you hate Duluth are doing something similar and bringing in better talent. Um, but he was a, uh, a national junior college, all American uh, region nine, first team region nine defender of the year honors. Uh, and, and there's, so there's no doubting his ability. And I think that, um, you know, Love him or hate him, Goonie Ben Hall last year in the back line was uh, <laughs> he definitely squashed out attack, uh, whether legally or illegally. Um, but adding another big, tall, quality <laughs> defender alongside of him um, can only make them better. Yeah, this signing kind of sucks for us. Uh, <laughs> first of all, <laughs> I was looking at the the tweet from the from uh, when someone said, "Hey, wouldn't it be?" cool if we did if all the teams did trading cards and i was like Psh, i'm not trying to collect google <laughs> google bentall and i didn't realize that my phone had auto corrected so now i want to call him google bentall forever but anyway uh this sucks for us this ryan trier signing because not only is he a big dude but he's got that same englishman asshole attitude you know he's gonna show up <laughs> with a chip on his shoulder play as dirty as fucking possible until he gets a yellow card you know just like walk that line just like duluth had all season um but this is this is the guy that made me want to raise the question that was almost raised earlier in the show what is with these like sh- tiny colleges in the middle of nowhere america signing or finding these english dropouts basically well it's it's interesting that you note that so why would he what i there? know what i know from from history of being in the game is that from a, a european standpoint the the window of opportunity to play at a higher level or to have a springboard in european countries is very small yeah so it's basically you if you didn't make it by you, 19 you're done well yeah kind of like you not have, in the academy well, even if you do latch on to academy, you basically get become a uh, on a, a fast track to pro soccer at at an early age. Okay. So by 15 years old, you're identified as a talent and you're put into a system. And basically, the, these players are kind of tossed around and traded around because if they don't perform at 15, they're kind of cast off. And you get a 19 year old who is quality but isn't with a, a you know a program like the like you know we talked about Siku who he signed um last show that you know he was with Leicester City it didn't work out for him so he ended up going on to a lower division yep. well then there's there's the question do you want to you want to try to make it in lower division soccer as you know an academy player or you want to maybe get an education in the states and try to use that as your springboard that's and a good answer okay so you can see that you know even if you look at the influx of talent in the United States um within the MLS, you know, like, um, Jack Harrison at, um, NYFC. I mean, he was a guy who was identified as a fantastic Academy product and kind of tossed around the, you know, the, the lower level academies and then came over, had a fantastic four year careers at division one school, and then was, you know, in the running for MLS rookie of the year. So he used that like the coming to the United States as his window of opportunity and was successful at it. Um, 
and you know and recently i think uh, i think he was signed by um by man city and then loaned out so it worked for him he, mm. he found a different path and i think that's what you see with these kind of middle of nowhere schools is that these these foreign players they don't really give a shit about where the where the location is they're looking as at it as a, as a straight almost business-like transaction yeah. to be able like you're going to get my services you're going to give me uh you know a scholarship or you know room and board and and help me get an education and i'm just going to play good soccer for you and i'm going to you're going to use me and i'm going to use you yeah so if i'm looking at it through that lens this makes a little bit of sense that this guy never really stuck played for morecambe played for uh you know some one one other team but not not you know in some other crap like the saints fc like nothing big right um, right didn't so like kind of bombed out on the lower league academies decided i'll come to america this guy thinks like you said i can go to college for a year or two that's why he's only at a junior college mm-hmm. he's going to use duluth to even further springboard him because he knows that duluth is going to be in the u.s open cup and they're going to be in the at least potentially they're going to be in the running for the playoffs the npsl playoffs right right i mean they they have the selling points from what they did last yep. year so yep. you know so I here's mean, a good be, here's a good option for him to put to like to get noticed, you know, to right. be the the next Brandon Bay or whoever that could come out of the NPSL and uh, and and the American College System and get drafted to the MLS because he did say in that fifty five one article that they quoted him that he's hopefully looking to to make it to the MLS after coming to America. So that makes sense. And here's the thing, and. I don't know what they're doing as an organization, but the selling tools that they have from an organizational standpoint, they should be drawing like nine guys to 10 guys like this. You know what I mean? Like yeah, they, they should, they, they really should be. And I don't know. They, maybe they have, you know, they haven't announced. I mean, the guy roster. lives in Wyoming. So like Duluth is an upgrade. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, but I mean, I, I, like I said, I don't know what they're doing as an organization. Duluth but, might like, be an upgrade from Liverpool. Uh, i think we both can agree on that um but you know like like we said he he's given opportunity he's he's got a pedigree from on paper but uh we'll we'll see what happens when the ball gets rolled out yeah um the next group was med city um you know uh, kind of falling in line with the theme of duluth um you know they start out with uh, with an established player and that's ignacio mila goes by iggy Mm -hmm. he was a standout defender on their very stingy back line um, and the sometimes captain of the naughty nurses is a, is a really good player on the ball, kind of always willing to throw his body in there into tackles. Um, and he, he'll surely kind of be, um, help them, you know, solidify that, that end of the, of the pitch for them, um, for another year. Uh, and, but they also brought in a new player named Claudio Rapito. Um, and Rapito is a striker from Genoa, Italy it goes six, three. So another big striker kind of fitting that mold of Farrar and Jade Johnson, um, and he finished his freshman year at Grandview University, where he scored eight goals and had three assists um, in, in the campaign that brought him second-team all-conference honors. So I do know that they were kind of lacking that that target striker last year. They had the the wing play to kind of play off of a target striker, but they just didn't have it. And it looks as if they've made that upgrade with uh, with Rapido. Yeah, who knows? I don't know. I was I thought Med City was kind of a fluke last year. They we they played us well. We ended up beating them at the end of the year when they should have played probably the hardest they had all season. Um, I don't know. They played so well at the beginning of the, the beginning of the season with against everyone else. 
I don't really have much to say about these guys other than hopefully they can they can help the team, but we'll see if they can continue the same pseudo success they had last year. Sure. So the next is um, VSLT. Um, these, you know, again, an, an old player and a new player. So the first one yeah. is Ayub Tembe. Um, Tembe, fast striker, uh, scored against us when uh, when we, we played um, in our second leg against them at home. Um, he was a late add to the team last year and made like almost an immediate impact finding the back of the net. I mean, I think he scored something like, like eight or eight or nine goals throughout the year, um, but just kind of hit hit the ground running. Um, he he offers something different than what VSLT has kind of typically had up top before he joined the team. Um, and now, you know, I'm interested to see what he can do when he's no longer the new kid on the block and, and see if he can produce being more of a marked man than, um, than kind of being, you know, the, the flash in the pan new guy. Yeah. He's still going to, I think he's still going to tear ass on the field. He surprised yeah. us. He posterized us uh, when he played us at home. I think mm-hmm. he's going to be great. But what you, you know, if you, if you kind of harken back to that game, you know, he, he immediately made an impact and then, our defense court, our defense course corrected against him, And then he was equalized for the rest of the game until he was subbed out. Yeah, that's fair. So, so it, it, that's where I'm being like, can he do it for a full year against teams that are beefing up their defense? Because they, they now they know what to expect from a guy like him or a guy like Farrar um, or Jay Johnson. So we'll, we'll see, we'll see what, what, uh, yep. what IU can do. Um, the next player is um, Zuhir Albasi. Um, a defect, defected player from the, the Dakota Fusion um, to the cities this year actually had flirted with the idea of joining us before deciding to go um, to VSLT for what I, I kind of believe it was a chance at more guaranteed minutes without having to kind of fight for playing time. Um, he definitely would have had to here being a, a wing player behind returners and then some of the new signs we brought on. So um, not quite sure, but that's kind of where my, my head goes um, with, with his, his kind of um, decision to, to to stick and latch on with VSLT, but he possesses speed and the ability to break up, you know, a defender down one v one from the the wide um, parts of the field. He was a member of the MPSL showcase uh, this past year and didn't really feature much in the matches um, that uh, both Trey and Miles played in. And and I'll personally be interested in seeing what he can do in in a new setup uh, and and no longer being deployed as a ten where the Fusion had him last year because I think he was really slotted clearly out of. A, a position and now he's you know he's a wing player where he he really should be so um we'll, we'll kind of see what he does there yeah this is interesting to me it's the second player that i know of that vslt has taken from other N- npsl north teams because they also signed i think they also have sean morgan uh from duluth the uh, backup striker from duluth they somehow got him to come down here so i'm not sure what they're telling these guys i'm not sure what they're i mean juan's a nice dude Juan really knows kind of what's up, so who knows? Who knows what they're what they're selling them? But here they are, right? Exactly. So um, next is Dakota Fusion. To me, it's really the Jay Johnson show, and then the rest yeah. of the guys um, in like a hundred. Um, what's what, the, what are those guys' names? Um, the Beljulji brothers. <laughs> so it's like it's like Jay Johnson and nine Beljulji's. That's right. Um, Was that this team? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we all know what he did. Um, and since he joined the team, he was also kind of a latecomer to the team. Um, and then, you know, he, he kind of terrorized the rest of the league, but then was completely equalized by Trey Benhart in his only appearance versus City last summer. So we were yeah. the only team he didn't score against. Um, the other but the thing dude is, does, he didn't travel. 
he well he didn't travel but even when he we we played him there yeah we offered he, he offered and we didn't like make a game plan around him like trey just was doing trey things and just was like this guy's not gonna beat me and he didn't so but the dude scores goals he's a decent human being unlike some strikers in the league um and to me um it's a surprise to me that he actually came back to this league um he clearly possesses the skills to play at another level um and he's chosen i think to keep this level of soccer in his life and, and be okay with that while emphasizing on his day job versus soccer as a career. So, I mean, hats off if that's what his decision was, but I was really, really surprised that him winning the golden boot last year in the NPSL that in, and even doing it in a shortened season that he wouldn't have drawn eyes to, to go somewhere else. But, you know, like I said, maybe he wants to focus on life. And I, I'm also surprised not to see Isaac Kisan on their list. Um, which makes me wonder if he's going to be back next year yeah. or if it, it, is it really Jay Johnson casting that big of a shadow that like all the focus is on him. Yeah. He's done really told it tore us up too. Uh, yeah. That guy's knows? Good. Like it's, it does feel weird to me though, that you're right. Having won the golden boot being so high profile that he wouldn't have received any other offers. He wouldn't have been courted by other teams and he found Fargo the most attractive place to be. So right. who knows? So he yeah, might have a have family. A, He's got yeah. a life there. It's got to be a life decision, right? Right. To me, it, it that it screams from the highest hilltop, and that's that's what it is. So, dude um, loves Fargo. What a town! Hey, I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's like going to the restaurant and uh, a restaurant, and every time ordering the same thing, you just you know it's gonna be it's gonna be what you want. So, not <laughs> trying something new is sometimes easier. So, um, anyways, next is uh, the the Twin Stars. I think it's no surprise here. Sean Teske was the number one person they mentioned. The yeah. the Hartford University shot stopper is was one of the few bright spots for the Twin Stars last year. I felt a fantastic all season last year. Kept them in many games, uh, including two against us. Um, and at, but at some point, I find it hard to believe that he'll stay with the Twin Stars as he gets older and and further on. I mean, he's just finished his freshman year at Hartford. Um, or sorry, sophomore year, but given his ability and their lack of a co- consistent backline in front of him, to me, I mean, if, if I were him, I would be looking at something else. Um, so, it, uh, you know, hopefully he doesn't once again bring his A game against us because he, uh, he, he, he confused us a little bit with uh, his, his ability to kind of cover ground and, uh, and to really make the, the, the highlight reel save when he needed to consistently um, in both our matches. Yeah, all due respect to our to our keepers last year. This is the only other goalkeeper in the league that was worth paying attention to. Like he was, they called him the, the fifty five one guy. Called him the De Gea of our league. And I, <laughs> it's true. I mean, he he made some insane saves. The guy was on his head most of yeah. the season. Is great. Yep, yep. And then there's Kareem Darbaki. So. Uh, son of club founder Youssef, he seems to be like the Crash Davis of the MPSL. If you if, if you know what I'm talking about, there, uh, the old Bull Durham reference. Yep. Like, I mean, how many years is this guy, uh, and will this guy continue to play in our league? Um, perhaps forever. Uh, who knows? But Kareem is a dynamic center midfield. He's kind of deployed in the role of do whatever the hell he wants for with Twin Stars. Um, but when he's dialed in, um, is likely one of the most dangerous offensive players in the league. I mean, he can nip you with his one-on-one skills. It's a high soccer IQ, good passing ability, um, ability to score from central midfield spots on the field. 
Um, and it seems to like to me really bring his A game only versus us and maybe VSLT. Um, could possibly toss Duluth in there too. Um, but can he do it versus the rest of the league? Um, or is he just kind of past caring and only wants to win those matches? Well, I mean, this uh, might be the 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 origin of why or how Twin Stars approaches the league is there are a few teams that kareem wants to beat and so there are a few teams that kareem beats otherwise right. it's like meh whoever wants to show up can show up i might not even show up right right yeah i mean but take that all aside and you know any other on the field or off the field things with with he or the people he associates himself with he's a fantastic soccer player yeah and um you know I worry when he gets the ball and I know that some of the players on the field that have played with him in the past that, that now are, uh, are on our squad, they think the same thing. So, so who knows, man, like I said, we don't know what we're going to get. Are we going to get the twice a year a game? Or are we going to get the, I don't really give a shit. I'm just want to play soccer and I don't care where it is um, attitude, but we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see. see. Um, the last two teams in our division, lacrosse and Sioux Falls, they did mention one player for Sioux Falls. I'm going to kind of lump them all together. Um, these are the up in the air teams for me. I don't really want to get into the guy they talked about from Sioux Falls because I don't really know what the, these organizations are going to actually bring until the balls rolled out and the whistle blows. So I'll yeah. kind of reserve the identifying of players to focus on until they actually prove it. Um, don't know who's going to be on lacrosse really ever. So uh, not going to spend time there. Sioux Falls has a couple good players. Um, that we saw both home and away, uh, but you know we'll see who they line up. Um, and I kind of hope for the divisions case that they do import players, like we were mentioning before, um, or find better players in the area to kind of clean up their organizational acts this summer. Um, or it'll kind of only be a matter of time until they vanish into the sunset because it's not sustainable to continue to roll out teams that this, no one really follows and and the such a low profile in the area that, you know, they're spending a bunch of money to be mediocre if yeah. at best. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I think for Sioux Falls, at least getting their coaching staff in order will be yeah, a big helps. help. Will be a big help. Cause I know they lost their coach midway last season. They had a player coach probably for the back half of the season. Didn't really Jeff work Beck. out so well for them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Beck, the guitar player. Uh, <laughs> um, Eris, on the other hand, they've got a totally different approach. If, I mean, if you're charitable, you can say that the guy is trying to prepare his local high school and junior college kids for soccer at the next level by playing them well above their skill level. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're being realistic, he's just torturing the children of the cross. <laughs> but who knows? I mean, they all. It's not going to work out well for either of them, I don't think. There's zero surprises with those two organizations. And it's not to like speak ill of the people who run them. It's just like a, we really hope, for those of us who are putting in a different level of, of work or focus on our organizations, we yeah. all hope that they, they, they get better on the well, field. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it'll take time. I mean, if Sioux Falls is serious about it, they'll take time. Look at, the only reason that Dakota is is successful is the influx of money right right they've got a ton of cash to flash they've got facilities they've got this bus they've got you know what i mean so sioux falls has none of that eris has none of that otherwise it's um duluth where tim sass has been doing this thing for a few years and he's got a pretty good system 
Um, yeah. Everything around here, everyone's been doing it for a few years, and they've got Rochester their own system. Rochester had PDL teams for years. Yep. And, yeah. But also so they, have they money to flash. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So let's just hope that they uh, they continue trending in the right direction, Nate. I agree. So that is all for this week's show. Thank you, as always, to our sponsor, Summit Brewing. There is a new member of the Summit fleet, Nate, that is out this week. And, folks, it is a delicious and refreshing brew called the Lazy Sipper. This crisp set of suds offers a hint of strawberry finish and is ideal for the warm summer day, which we hope comes very, very soon. So head on <laughs> down to the tap room or, uh, or your local bar and, uh, or liquor store and pick up some today. Although our season has yet to start due to weather, stupid Mother Nature, mm. uh, you can still buy a membership for the season for only $65. For that $65, you get a cool season pass to all city matches this summer, including all upcoming friendlies that actually do get played, NPSL um, <laughs> and U23 games, a fancy new membership scarf, and of course, the vote. So you can say... You've had a say in the direction of local soccer. Mm. So go on over to MPLSCitySC.com and purchase one or five right now. Do you like helping people? Well, we sure do. But helping people sometimes comes at a cost, and we do need your support. If you're looking to align yourselves with a fine group that loves to give back, you are in luck. Minneapolis City is a 501c3 that does good on and off the pitch by providing those less fortunate with a safe, reliable place to play the beautiful game. Tax season is over, but it's never too early to start thinking about those deductibles and those donations for next year. So consider giving to the club that loves to give back. If you want to get a hold of us and you haven't blocked us on Twitter yet, uh, we've made it real easy. Send us a note at the People's Pitch or through email at mpmcscpodcast at gmail.com. Still struggle with that after 70-some shows. Um, <laughs> all questions, comments, and concerns are welcome. And finally, as always, you can hit up the club at MPLS City SC. That is all for this week. We once again leave you with our house MC and new resident of Sweden, Miles Stockton Willis, aka Milays, with a track called The Coming Up. I am John, that is Nate, and you are the people. We will see you next week. And you got hoofed. Poster burning maple weeds, cradle major keys. Thinking back, I've been major since the minor league. So supreme, too much sauce off my olive NMDs. I can staple steez, bend the gold so I get the cheese. Never fall, rake them leaves and make sure every moment gets seized. And everything I see is make believe. Cup a bad bitch, make her wipe off Maybelline. She wanna F with me, maybe get close, data G. Run up data plans, getting A to B like ATT. Hate me when she's coming, it's the perfect time for me to leave. Patience then is crepe, so I'm craving her creative. Make her breakfast in bed, then have sex instead. One life, live it up. 175 Grey Goose, treat it like a sippy cup. 105 on the dash, watch me giddy up. Only one on the bench, still press the city up. No stress from the press, it ain't news, I'm getting paper. Ask for the check, first time I see the waiter. Make my own luck, knocking over salt shakers. Every September 4th, should've put in more labor. Yes, flex. Get out my lane, we ain't the same. Don't play Red Rover with the train Lingo rolling off my tongue Like a slogan spoken slang Surely spitting like this token Wrote and spoke it in some fangs I could hang a vampire 
really inspired Haven't reached this height before I might get higher Crew conspires round the campfire Rolling till our hands tired Rap MacGyver saying sapphire Satire with the swag Attire you admire so well put together No assembly required Newly hired still this heat so fire That it gets them fired Fuck boys thinking that they fresh but expired Everybody's flawed that's just life's law Wonder what life will be like when the ice thaw I'll die any day cause I'm down for the cost Do it bigger than the big bang like my name was Rush Burning bridges with no guts Tell her open up her jaws and feed her nothing but bare claws All about my dough so she want a nut duck Keep my ducks on a row on the pond like what? Getting flocks at each show giving out goosebumps Playing with her heart claim she playing spades Whenever we apart, her brain ain't the same. Tickle her pussy as I tickle her ear hair. More boss than Ross, never been to a career fair. Blood, sweat, tears dripping off my upper lip. On some shit, krillin', chillin', grippin' on destructo discs. Go left, go right in life, maybe eat a Twix. Rappin' like a silly rabbit, trippin' in the tricks. On the come up! Yeah, boy, this the come up! Whole squad about to motherfucking come up.